This episode is brought to you by the Learning Culture Experience, a cohort-based course for learning professionals. You'll learn how to transform your learning culture, transform your people, and ultimately transform yourself. In just five weeks, you'll walk through a system for designing cohort learning experiences and explore the VASE framework for cultivating a learning culture. You will leave the program with your very own cohort learning experience ready to roll out at your company. If you or someone on your team would benefit from learning how to cultivate learning culture and how to bring people together to learn, then apply now to join the program. Go to curiouslion.cloud forward slash experience to find out more. I think it's terribly important to insist on individual values. Learning culture podcast. Initiative, creation, all these things which we value. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than was ever possible before. Learning Culture Podcast. Teach people to analyze the kind of things that are said to them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Learning Culture Podcast. Joining me this week is Maya Huber, the CEO of Skillset. So Skillset is a job simulation and AI analysis platform that is seeking to solve the problem of skills-based hiring. In this episode, we unpack exactly what that problem is. And any of you listening that are responsible for recruiting, or actually any of you that have ever applied for a job, will know what problem we're talking about here. And that is the problem of applicant tracking systems of degree-based filters that have the unintended consequence of ruling out potentially strong candidates from the recruiting pool. With skills-based hiring, you focus on setting tasks and projects or simulations for candidates to perform to show what they can do. And as Maya so beautifully put it in our conversation, and what you end up getting, as Maya so beautifully put it in our conversation, is a focus not on people's backgrounds or what they did do, but on what they can do. And so in this episode, you'll learn about hidden workers and what they could mean to your workforce, how to write better job descriptions to attract the right candidates, how to shift from negative to affirmative filters in recruiting candidates, what metrics you should really be tracking in talent acquisition, and my favorite, how to adopt a customer-centric mindset when designing your selection and onboarding experiences. No matter what part of the talent process you focus on, the ideas and principles that Maya brings out in this conversation are applicable to the entire employee life cycle. So there is definitely something in here for everybody. So please sit back and enjoy my episode with Maya Huber. Maya, welcome to the show. Hi, Andrew. Great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to dive into this idea, this topic of skills-based hiring. And I think it's very topical at the moment. Um, I think what's it, it's going to be interesting to unpack how you guys are approaching it at Skillset um, and how what you're learning from your clients um, and, how you're, and how you're solving those problems. And I think it has a, a broad... It, well, let's, let's maybe unpack that, that landscape a little bit to give people kind of a, a, an idea of where this fits in. This is obviously focused mainly on the talent acquisition side of the sort of overall HR function. But 
I feel like it does have a lot of a broader impact on people at various points of that, including talent management, talent development, retention. Um, how do you see the impact of, let's just, we'll define what skills-based hiring is, but how do you see kind of the impact of the work you guys are doing across that whole sort of employee life cycle? From my perspective, and I have a perspective of 15 years of experience in the HR space, working in different industries, you know, with different types of people. And for me, skill-based hiring, it's, um, it's a perspective. It's a whole paradigm of how people should be uh, perceived and judged and then hired and, and then work uh, through their entire careers. And actually, I think, and this is what we try to do in skill set, that we're not just talking about it, you know, skill-based hiring is, is the subject right now. Everybody's talking about that. Um, but we're taking, at, uh, taking it one step ahead, and we talk about proven skill-based hiring. So it's not just about asking people about their skills, which again, in a way, um, uh, is to tell stories. People tell stories about what, you know, what they can do. When you ask me about, about my, my skills, I can tell anything. Mm. I can yeah. be super creative. I can be, you know, I can tell stories, but, and I believe that, um, uh, the solution out there to a lot of, uh, the problems we have, uh, or the misfit we have in the market, in the, in the workforce is that we need to move forward to proven skill-based assessment and to um, assess people about what they really can do. Do not ask them about, you know, the, not, just, just, not just subjective experience, but the real uh, real life yeah. experience of the job. Yeah. And, and, a, and a big part of this is, is dropping the degree requirements, right? I, I feel like um, one of the, the, the problems that, that you're trying to tackle here is that, that, that feeling or that sort of experience that every almost anybody who's applied for a job has where you you send out your resume to a bunch of different you fill out these online forms and um, the sort of you know applicant tracking systems that you need to put your details in and right away and, and on the flip side of that you know someone is looking at hundreds if not thousands of applications right so the systems to this day have been built with filters in place to to, to, to kind of make that process easier. But there's, a, there's an inherent problem with that, right? So what, let's unpack that problem a little bit. What is, what is that? Absolutely. You know, um, hiring became so complex in the last decade. You use recruiters, use so many solutions just to solve the biased uh, aspect of CV, of resume. And um, I must tell you a personal story. Um, I created a skill set for people like me because I come from HR. Uh, I, I wanted to make a career change. Uh, eventually, I, I found myself establishing a startup and I love what I do. But three years ago, if you will look at my resume, you will never interview me to be head of product. Mm. Like never. You will see it. You say, how is that connected to the job? And you yeah. probably, you know, would, would throw it away. And people like me, uh, we are the, the future of work. You know, uh, it's, it's before COVID, but COVID, of course, straight in and that. Um, that people do not, uh, the career paths are not linear anymore. And people change jobs, jobs and change career 
in a, you know, sometimes it's upskilling, in reskilling, and sometimes it's just going across industries. And then your CVs, your resume need, mean nothing about what you can do. So you will probably, not you personally, of course, but companies will miss my skills as a great, talented, uh, you know, um, product manager. Yeah. Just because my, my resume do not tell a story of, uh, of a high-tech, uh, you know, experience um, women in the industry. Yeah. So I think this is one aspect of that. And, and when you look at youth today and you look at the future of work, you understand that and, and you know, and the enormous amount of ways to people, for people to get um, experience, to gain experience, to learn different types of, of you know, on, on ways to, to get different types of diplomas. It's either online or Harvard and no one can tell anymore what's better, right? Yeah. You know, you meet people that came across and did an amazing things with, with not the right degree, which I'm not sure what's right anymore. Yeah. And so I think this is what aspect of, of the, of, you know, of the problem. The other thing is that, um, you know, for years I was working uh, with the underrepresented populations as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all became much more social aware of what's happening in the market. Mm-hmm. And that combined with the fact there are industries uh, that constantly missing of qualified working hands. And you can't just, you know, step aside and look at those phenomena and, you know, and, and continue to, to use a, a resume as, a, as an application, um, as a, the, the only application way. So this is one side of the problem. And another thing for me in terms of the job seekers, I believe that people today are much more um, concerned about themselves, take control, want to control the life and their past. And the process of, you know, spray and prayer, like spraying your CVs all over again, just praying to people to come back to you and waiting and to do nothing about it is something that is not relevant anymore. Yeah. People do not believe in that anyway, anymore. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different directions we can take this is because the problem is, um, for the, for the candidates, there's, there's, there's a problem. There's an empl- problem for an employer trying to find a really good fit. There's a, there's a sort of diversity and, and equity and inclusion problem to this as well. Um, I, I think in this conversation, I want to unpack some of the work um, and, and ideas that you have that can for, for people out there that are in roles of hiring and in roles of developing talent. Um, and we'll get to that. So that kind of we'll, we'll move to the solution piece um, in a moment. But I want to I want to drill down in one other aspect of this. Um, you have a an, an advisor in your company, jo- Joseph Fuller. Right. And, and he's put a lot of great um, research and, and work out there. One of the things that jumped out of me is this idea of hidden workers or sort of the untapped talent. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So uh, Professor Joseph Fuller is working with us and contributes a lot to our uh, perspective and product and, you know, uh, and business development. Uh, I think um, his unique perspective about the untapped pool in the market is that what's um, drawn me to his, uh, to his data, to, to his uh, research, is that you, uh, you know, people uh, considered um, those underrepresented population as mm-hmm. people who are less qualified. Mm-hmm. And in you say, okay, this is pe- 
as a, sorry, sorry. In, the tra- in the traditional sense, right? Like that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what, you know, the common perception about the market, yeah. that the people that are not uh, playing a significant part in the workforce are less qualified. Mm. And when you look at the data of Professor Joseph Fulov, and you have to read his articles because they are enlightening, really. Mm. Mm. You, you suddenly understand there's population, huge pe- amount of people, 27 million people around the U.S. who are extremely qualified, but for, for particular jobs in the market, uh, that sometimes what I learned, for instance, is that they do not use job boards. Yeah. Uh, because their CV are not qualified for the job or because, you know, this is something we meet as well. Mm. People do not understand, do not know jobs, all the jobs out there. There are misconceptions about specific jobs or specific, specific positions out there mm. that people do not perceive them as something that they can, they're qualified doing. Yeah. And it's something, you, you, something, you know, it's ama- you're amazed. It's uh, call centers. It's working in a, in a warehouse. Mm. It's to be um, a data analyst. Mm. Basic entry-level jobs that people can really engage in them and they do not familiar with. Uh, and I found that really surprising because it's pretty easy mm. to close this gap. And again, looking at the market and the amount of underemployment uh, under, um, uh, out there, mm. uh, you need to look at those people mm. and just bring them over to yeah. the market. And, and, and we have, you know, education and HR tech solutions out there that can bridge the gap. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a it is a it's a pandemic on its own. It's the the unemployed and the underemployed people working gig work and, and part time work exactly who who could be good fits for permanent roles at, at companies. In fact, I have an example in my own company that may you know add some and some color to to this for for people listening. Um, we have someone on our on our team who didn't have an opportunity to go to a, um, a film school. And he, so they, we have a lot of our team based in South Africa and there's a lot of great film schools there. Um, didn't have that opportunity, you know, growing up. Um, we were lucky enough to come to find him um, through connections of the rest of our team there, came across his work and we just, we created a project that people did. And I know this is gonna, this is very similar. This is probably a segue into what you guys do. Um, and we created a project where we didn't, it was him and a bunch of other people that, you know, three, I think that, that did this, um, this project submitted their work and it was clear immediately that he had something special, you know, and, and it was, it was so, it was incredible. And then because, and then I thought when I saw this hidden workers thing, I also think of kind of diamond in the rough in that there was a lot of polish that, that was still needed. And, you know, we, he, so he joined us back then he's worked with us for, I must be close to a year now. And it, his craft and his, his work just keeps developing and keeps getting better because he's really passionate about it. He will spend hours practicing different things. And he's a, he's a lifelong learner. You know? And that, to me, was a much more important skill than going to the film school and see the list of the recent graduates. Right? Like, Absolutely. That's what we're talking about here. I have another story to tell. Um, you know, uh, also, you know, give another call to those people, this yeah. untapped pool. Um, one of our clients, uh, is, uh, is, a, is a, in the banking industry, like providing private banking service on, on call centers. And, um, 
you know, we were working for them and uh, we're providing uh, qualified leads, qualified candidates. And, you know, they wanted um, um, general requirements like every bank in those industries. They want people that work in banking, they provide sampling, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they couldn't find enough people like you know, that happens right now with all the competition about candidate, candidates out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we told him, you know what? We have this pool of people you wanted in terms of the general requirements of the degree and the expertise, mm-hmm. but we have great people here with the same results on, their, on, our, on, their, um, on the simulation we do, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the skills assessment we do. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Give them a chance. And we have a couple of stories, but once the, the, once, uh, the one I like the most is the guy who was a tour guide. Mm-hmm. And due to pandemic, he lost his job. Mm-hmm. But this is not a story. He was a tour guide. Yeah. That was a, the, his only experience, okay? Working with people in the, in the resume industry, mm-hmm. uh, showing them Israel. And then um, on his, there, on the, the reason he was able to do that, to live with the, you know, in terms of, uh, making a living uh, from from uh, tourism is that on his private life he invested mm. and he worked with stocks and he had an amazing uh, skills in in that space. Yeah. So you know he was just performing amazing. He got the job. He did a career change, and this is why I get up in the morning because yeah. you know this for me this is the common people. What what. This is a solution for everybody. Yeah. All of us need to get this chance. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing when you see someone apply their unique ability and special talents to another field. Like I can imagine this guy who had probably that incredible ability to, as a host and a relationship manager from the tourism industry, applying that in, in a banking scenario. You know, it must be a exactly. game changer for that bank. And then the same thing, bank never would have thought to go and look for people with that big type of experience, right? It's just... So, yeah, I mean, it's so, so critical. It's solving such an important problem. Um, let, let's unpack for a little bit how you guys are, are solving that. So I, I mentioned, you know, we, we created this project and, and people went through it. Your eyes kind of lit up. And I think that's similar to kind of the work you guys are doing. So can, let's just talk through that to also give people an idea of what they can do. Sure. So Skillset uh, basically reinvent recruiting by uh, eliminating the, eliminate the need to use CV and replace that tool with a proven skill-based hiring. Mm-hmm. So basically what we do, we connect companies and job seekers based on their skills by enabling job seekers to experience the job before applying to it. So um, we have a s- smart simulation platform, AI-based, that uh, provide opportunities uh, for short experience, it they range from five to seven minutes. The, the, the longest we have is 20 minutes, okay, around mm-hmm. sales. Where you have this time to experience the job, the core task of the job. So if you are um, a sales representative, you ha- will work with a CRM and have, you, know, you will have a pipeline of awaiting customers and you need to choose the, the, the right one and close three deals within 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you are... Um, Whereas associate, like a picker and a warehouse, you will collect items, scan them, and wrap them, wrap them into boxes. Mm-hmm. Those are straightforward simulations um, online, either on your mobile or on your desktop. Mm-hmm. And we analyze your performance online. So it's a combination of performance analysis and video and audio analysis. Mm-hmm. And overall, you know, those magic algorithms provide you, first of all, as a job seeker, with a matching score of your compatibility to do the job. 
and uh, you will get specific job openings that are relevant for you. Mm. So you, and eventually you will, first of all, you as a, as a job seeker will apply only to jobs that you have a good match with in terms of your skills, your basic skills, and your, the, the company general requirements, in general, color, uh, salary, mm-hmm. location, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not only that, once you finish the simulation, you will get those job openings, but also say, you know what, Andrew, uh, you, you, you performed great on sales, but your back office job was so amazing and so cute and analytic skills are mm-hmm. pretty good. Would you consider to be a, a banking uh, consulting mm-hmm. in a call center or back? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then a simulation, etc. Mm. Uh, so you get experience, you get opportunity to uh, get a better decision making, and then you apply. We walk you through until a, until a company on the other side recognizes you as a qualified lead and interview mm. you, you. On the B two B side, we provide companies with um, with a solution that not only provide them with um, um, qualified leads, that they basically interview only relevant people. So we reduce the time to hire to 50% quicker, mm-hmm. um, much more efficient. And basically, you know, between <laughs> me and you and the recruiters that are listening to us, we reduce the amount of uh, unrelevant phone calls they are doing to unrelevant candidates. Mm-hmm. So they interview only the ones that are interested in the job, that they have a best fit, and then the, you know they take it from there. So there's not need to 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 a lot more interviews, not an, any assessment. Just interview the people, and you know and hire them. Yeah. Uh, but we also get this, this this diverse pool of candidates that commonly do not reach those companies, um, and uh, and a better retention rate because you know the candidates do not drop in the training. Mm. They have a better perception of the job. They're committed to the job uh, because, you know, they could, they could choose. They had a, a part in the process, in the decision process. Um, so we see, this is what we do. Uh, we are here to create a new job matching startup. Yeah. And we start with sourcing, uh, but we, do not, uh, we will not stop there. Mm. And for us, is, you know, imagine as a recruiter that you know that, uh, you know, on, on the call center, this employee will leave you within a year. This is, you know, the common period. And within six months, you will offer him other skill set simulation of opportunity inside the organization. You know, get them engaged, set goals, and And reskill or upskill inside. Yeah, it's an internal... a new approach. Yeah, an internal talent marketplace, yeah. Hey, it's your host, Andrew here. I wanted to take a second just to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, we would love it if you did a couple of things for us. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It really allows us to grow the channel and reach a lot more people like you. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, take a moment to leave us a rating and review. It's a great way to give us some feedback and to tell the world what you think about this podcast. So whether you listen to it on YouTube or you're listening to it as a podcast, you take one of those actions, it would mean the world to me and my team. Thank you. And with that, right back to the show. I think the type of skills, what what level of skill do you focus on? Do certain skills work better for this approach? How do you think about that? So um, our approach is basically, it's not just 
this is not soft skills, okay? Uh, we do not do um, personality assessment. Personally, I do not think this is the stage uh, in the process. You should do that. Yep. Or, or at all, but this is another conversation. Yep. But um, basically what we do, we simulate core tasks. So let's say, let's take customer care representative simulation, for instance. So if you will say what a customer uh, care representative should do, should answer calls, right? Provide to have a great service orientation, mm-hmm. English, fluent English, um, good uh, documentation skills and working with a CRM, right? This is what we test. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We have a bit more data about this, their learning curve, their ability to, to solve problems, to operate new system. But this is it. Pretty simple, straightforward. Uh, then the recruiter will meet this person and, you know, test his... Um, is matching to the specific manager and organization yeah. culture. Yeah. But this is not our job. Yeah. So the simulations are specific to the activity or, or task. And then you and then if someone shows a certain proficiency, you then match them with jobs that have that requirement. Exactly. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so as a company thinking through how to how to do this like, i think you have to you have to have very good understanding of the skills that that you're requiring of people right so how does someone start there how do you know which skills we're looking for you we provide the data there we are we work with evidence-based data that comes from job analysis deep job analysis from the u.s market mm-hmm. um and it's funny oh, each and every time that you know i ask people what Sometimes I ask recruiters what they're looking for, or how do, you, how do they test that? And do they, not have, they don't have an answer because there's not enough tool out there. And you know, you, you will never have a specific tool for a specific company, mostly not in the blue collar and to level job industry. There are some simulations out there in the high tech industry mm-hmm. for a specific position, but not for the general market. And um, so what we do once company on board with us, they get to read this, let's say, a recipe of those core tasks, and I will tell them what can I test. I will ask them if they need anything else. Mostly, they are satisfied with what we offer, mm-hmm. and but we do need to put some effort um, to, to, you know, to implement the perspective uh, that or the approach that they will not ask for CV as well. Yeah. You know, to trust this data as an entry, right? Not yeah. this is not the whole process. You need to talk to the person, but uh, this is something we we um, we find sometimes is challenging because you know the market is not and um, is not uh, uh, there already. But um, it's surprisingly easy because you know you can over talk about people. You know, you want people to be team player and achievers and motivated, uh, but what how can you test that mm. yeah yeah I, I so you ag- i agree that that is a, a different discussion and there's probably other ways like um i guess short-term contracts apprenticeships there are other ways you can you can test for that type of stuff right um yeah but we compare ourselves to resume yeah exactly because this is that yeah yeah i do not compare myself to you know to um 
to any other experience that you mentioned. Yeah, this yeah. is something else. Yeah, 100%. And so it, what it yeah. sounds like you're saying, it's the substitute for the resume. You, you want to get resumes yeah. and CVs out the door and that this becomes the filter for people then to have the next step being a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's super clear. Um, let, let's go into a bit more detail on some of the steps here, especially as someone who is trying to hire, right, or is looking to build their talent pipeline. Um, what, some of the work that that uh, Joseph, that Professor Fuller and, and the team have put out, um, had some recommendations in it, which I thought. So I've got a few that I thought jumped out at me, and I'm see if we can maybe dive into these. One was to yes. write better job descriptions. Right. What what are some things people should be thinking about in, in crafting a job description? I think people should be, you know, uh, precise and practical. Mm. There are things that I think that once you, you write a job description, you need to um, to imagine that the, the person on the other side know nothing about the job. So do not use buzzword mm. or, or, you know, or professional words that people could not understand. Because, you know, at the end, and particularly for those type of positions, those are not, you know, most of the market are, um, you know, defined by particular pretty basic tasks, right? This is not complex, so don't make it complex. Yeah. Be straightforward. And I think, to, you know, um, I think the word is to be precise, like yeah. pretty clear about what the person should do, what will look, what will be his first day, yeah. what will he do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rewrite your job descriptions, people. Like, I there's nothing worse in my mind uh, than, and I, I've been a, I've been guilty of this definitely because it's the easy way out. Is you just go find an old version of it, duplicate it, and yeah. then, right? And then that's that's the job description. But like Everybody's everyone knows, doing that. yeah. But everyone also knows that work is changing so quickly. The role has changed without a doubt since the last person you hired in that role. Rewrite them, like write them. I love that um, precise and, and practical. That's just, those are two good frames or lenses to, to look at it. And you know what, Andrew, what's funny is that uh, job seekers also copy their resume yeah. <laughs> from yeah. from the web. So everybody's copying from each other. Yeah. Nothing is real. Yeah, you know? it's a it's an echo chamber. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so that's a good one. So so rewrite job descriptions. Be precise. Be practical. Another one that jumped out of me was um, shifting from negative to affirmative filters. And I think you've unpacked a couple of these, but can you just explain a little bit more about what that means? So. Yeah. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, again, I think it's, uh, it's focusing on the core task and the core performance required for the job. Um, yeah. This is it. It's pretty clear. And I think what's, what Professor Joseph Fuller we are promoting is that um, you need, as a, as, a, um, as a company, as a recruiter, you need to, prov to remember there is a job seekers on the other side that looking for the most relevant data that they can learn from about the job and to, you know, to um, compare it to the, the data they have about themselves. So the measurable items, you know, mm -hmm. out there, the, um, the requirements should be something that the common person should understand. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, it's, it's, to me, it goes back to what we were saying earlier as well, like having the, if a filter is they must have a certain level of degree in a specific type of, of major, like that's a negative filter, right? Because then people are, are getting out, you know, taken out like that. They're not going to find that tourism professional who's actually really, really good in, in a banking um, capacity because he would have got filtered out. Um, you, you need to unbox that. Um, I sometimes, you know, I tell companies, why are you looking for that degree? What that degree means? Yeah. It means that you want people to be, uh, they have experience in long uh, relationship or long processes. You want people that um, know how to learn. Mm. You want people that come from, what that degree means. Mm. What are the skills? The degree means something. Yeah. So unbox that and tell what you need. And people, sometimes people, mostly, people will have that yeah. without a degree. Yeah. The degree is a reflection. Yeah. And we need to unbox that. And then to your point, there's affirmative ways to filter for that. So now you're looking for, yeah. can someone do this versus the opposite, the, the sort of negative thing. Um, and it, it reminds me of so Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett and, and Charlie Munger, you know, two amazing investors always talk about this concept of multidisciplinary thinking. You know, they spend half the yeah. day reading and learning about different fields to bring those skills in. And that that's, I mean, if you could find a build a team of multidisciplinary thinkers, like you've got a rock star team, right? And negative filters in, in the resume is never going to find that, right? It's it's this, this other approach. And you, what you're saying is give them opportunities to demonstrate what they can do, and so that people can can select from that pool. Yeah, I, I do not understand uh, managers or recruiters who try to you know duplicate their team members. This is boring. You don't you yeah. know you, I want people like Sarah. You don't want an entire team yeah. like Sarah. You want this, you know, not, integrated diverse team that yeah. you can uh, that can learn from each other and grow. Yep, that's not going to bring the best out of Sarah if you get a whole lot of people yeah. like her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so another one that came up that in there is is relooking at the metrics for talent acquisition. So and, and there was like a couple of good examples, and you you mentioned some in the beginning of this conversation, but retention, I think time to productivity. What what should people be measuring in that talent acquisition process? First of all, they they need to measure. Mm. I must tell you that I'm amazed from from companies we meet. You know, those are enormous companies, like huge companies around the market. They're on the U.S. market. And when you, uh, you ask questions about, you know, their funnel, their success rate, their retention rate, their uh, satisfaction rate of the, um, of the people through the process of hiring, sometimes, and it's not, you know, it's not few, you don't get answers. Mm. And I think, first of all, we need to make sure we do test and we, we measure. We measure ourselves, we measure our candidates, and we need to measure the overall process, not just recruiting, but, you know, training, mm. hiring, retention, again, satisfaction. And um, I think those, those are the core keys for us. You know, how can you succeed with something without measuring it mm. from A to Z, mm. all the process? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I feel that the... HR uh, departments and the operation departments have different measurements. 
Yeah. But good hi- good hiring results in good employees. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is pretty basic. Totally. It's um so you think first of all start measuring and then measure what's really matter um and it's about performance and personal satisfaction and retention and also i think reskilling upskilling inside the organization mm-hmm. as well yeah yeah and that that's that tracks to to a big point that is on everyone's mind is that how important development is as a as an an attractor for people wanting to join a company and to stay at a company um, so I, I like what you said, and this brings me to the last sort of recommendation that I want to, to unpack that it all, it all starts a good employee and a good experience with that employee starts with a good hiring process and probably say a good onboarding process as well. And I, we spend so much time focusing on our onboarding at Curious Lion and we get, and we've had the team that have talked about how, how valuable it is in, in the research. I love this way. They said that adopt a customer experience mindset to interviewing and uh, onboarding. In your mind, what what does a great interview selection and onboarding process look like? Like you said, and actually I, I, I do feel like um, high tech companies are doing that because of their experience and their expertise in, so, uh, in customer yeah. service and how they see their clients. Um, but the entire industry need to learn that, um, you know, how do you know we get? Uh, how do we get the best uh, customer experience we we you know we want? Mm-hmm. We want people to listen to us, but really listen to what we said and not and to our problems and what we bring to the table. And we want to feel meaningful. We want to feel that we are seen. And this is what job seeker. This is what a candidate should feel during the process. Mm-hmm. If a candidate is in, gets this feeling that is just another one in the chain, why would it be? Why should he com- commit to a job mm. or to a person? Job, work is a relationship. Mm. So how do- and relationship, you know, must start from the first step with dignity and respect, and and um, and good listening. Mm. No, this is the the core the core feature of a good relationship. Yeah. And I love that it's, it comes back to this um, at that at every step of the process. But I, I think the question a lot of people might have is like, how do you do that at scale? Right? I have to interview so many candidates to to find the right one. Uh, you know, the, to be able to do that level of relationship building with every single one is quite quite difficult, right? So how how would you suggest people? Approach? I totally agree. That's the reason what we're doing to help recruiters get back to their to their job. Mm. To listen to their candidates and get a better understanding on their needs. Mm. This is what they should do. They do not spend time on unrelevant candidates who are not willing to to make a commitment or a relationship. Mm. Or or at least we can reduce this amount of people to 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 help recruiters get back to that. And you know what happened with uh, inside companies is that they bring more staff, more people, and that there is massive group of recruiters just interviewing people sometimes you know forgetting the core the their core task mm. which is understanding the candidate out there this is what this is the reason what we do what we do mm. we want to reverse the process you know back a couple of years ago you know more more than a couple so two decades ago 
things were not like that. You were interviewing to a company, you had this couple, you, tech was not there. The only thing you could do is to meet that person over and over again and get a better understanding of, of his life. Yeah. We need to go back to that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you your your argument is that if you get the the right filtering, you're fixing the filtering up front, so that you're saying that the candidates you do end up speaking to are kind of and use in quotes, but like worth the investment of that time because you've already shown that they can do the job. Both sides, the candidates as well, come yeah. prepared because you know you know what the job looks like. You know the thing is for many years, resume. Uh, did the right filtering because there were a few ways for people to get jobs, few ways of, you know, mm. the market wasn't so open like today with so many opportunities to grow, to, to build yourself. Mm. But nowadays, it's not the good filter anymore. Mm. Yeah. We need to find new ways. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious how you, you think this is, this is all, this is great. I, I think I, I, this is an incredibly valuable area to focus on. And I'm, I'm, my mind's now going to kind of what other benefits there are for this. And so one of those is this is tapping into global pool of people, right? And because we absolutely a lot of companies have now learned how to work remote or hybrid. Um, so I'll, let me throw that one out to you as an example. But I kind of want to broaden the question to say, like, what else do you see? Where does the future hold? You know, where does, where does the future like go for, for all of this? Uh, I think that COVID taught us that, and not only COVID, first of all, the global aspect, of course. Mm. Uh, this is a great value because, you know, this is not just about reaching people in different markets. It's about expanding to different markets and to learn better about this, how this market operated. And, 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 you know, provide better products and better services to, to different, you know, um, locations in the world. So this is exciting. And there are a lot of data about the financial aspect of diversity inside organization. And that when I'm saying diversity, I'm not, I do not mean only women diversity or, you know, color or um, uh, minorities. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about people from different backgrounds. Yeah the creating new businesses. And I think this, and this is what you said about Buffett, the future, the future is, um, um, the great opportunity about the future is us collaborating yeah. and, you know, tech the, and you see great startups out there, not just startups, great programs out there that combining tech and the, the re and research and education and FinTech mm -hmm. and the combination of this data, this is the future. Yeah. And I think we all need to do that. And for me, talking about proven skills is talking about the common aspect of everybody. And this is not, this is, this is not matter where you come from, what you did. This is about what you can do. Yeah. And I think if you will, if you, all of us will be connected from that point, this is the future of work. And we will create an amazing thing together. That's so well said. It's not about where you came from or what you did, but it's about what you can do. That's Absolutely. so, so well said. Maya, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think we've unpacked a lot of value here in, in 40 minutes. Um, I want to make sure to give you kind of the, the last word here. Um, 
what, 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 so I guess for folks who are interested in this and, and want to kind of take the next step, um, what would you encourage they do? Um, and what, what closing thoughts do you have for them? Uh, so first of all, please reach us. And we are, we are, we just onboard a new revolution of HR tech revolution. And, um, we call HR people want to create change to join us and learn together and create a new future of work. Um, we are, we are a growing startup. We have great partnerships ahead and, um, we are looking for those. I, I, I will say brave, but I'm not this element of being brave. Yeah. Uh, but those brave people, open-minded people to work with us and, and succeed together because there's massive opportunities, uh, in, in, and, and, and success in this perspective of proven skills in so many ways in business and personal aspirations and it's for your employees and for your your own self uh so just reach us uh on skill set online uh on linkedin you can approach me we have a live webinar uh with professor joseph fuller and chad swash from uh, the podcast chad and cheese uh it will be on the 12th of april and you can see it on our website and register and learn more about what we do amazing and here professor fuller which is great opportunity yeah yeah, this is definitely a topic worth diving into. And I, I love the call to anyone listening that gets this, that wants to, to believe in this, to come and join something that you're really just getting started. So, yeah. This is the time. This is the time. Maya, thank you for taking the time and spending it with me today. Thank you so much, Andrew. I enjoyed it. Hello, hello. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's Andrew again with a quick message. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do that is to leave us ratings and reviews where you listened. If you're on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe buttons and feel free to leave a comment. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to give us a rating and leave a review. Once again, we love hearing from our loyal listeners. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please hit the follow button to make sure that you don't miss new episodes as they come out. And as a reminder, this episode is sponsored by the Learning Culture Experience, a first of its kind cohort-based learning experience for learning professionals in which you will join a community of 50 other innovative learning professionals designing and developing cohort learning experiences that you can roll out in your company. To find out more about the program and when the next cohort is starting, check out curiouslion.cloud forward slash experience. See you next week for another episode of the Learning Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening.